Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galtz. And today we learn how one doctor's pursuits into wellness and metaphysics led her to research the healing energies in the Egyptian pyramids, crystals, sound healing frequencies, and even her own near-death experience led to creating energy healing technology called Trinfinity 8 and many others. She documents her journey in her book, Fractals of God. So with that, Dr. Kathy Forti, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Hey, hi, Vaughn. Hi, really thanks nice for taking the invitation. Here. Oh, yes, of course. Um, I, I'm so blessed to 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 talk to such wonderful people on the leading edge of fifth dimensional and higher healing from within, from within source. So, um, and I, I'm always so fascinated with the new ways that people have tapped into that crystalline Christ consciousness of source and that, that infinite energy healing and put it in their practice and in the modalities that they teach in their books that they write and of course in the technologies that they create and there's always one common theme the healing comes from source itself it taps into that high gamma brainwave high infinite heart energy always is consistent so everybody's tapping into the same fountain of youth so with that kathy please tell us how did you start into bioenergy healing work? Well, I've, I've always been kind of interested in energetics, but um, not until uh, uh, my background is in clinical psychology. And uh, I w- had a practice in Los Angeles for many years. And uh, uh, I had a near-death experience. My heart stopped and I found myself propelled through this tunnel at an amazing rate. And I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. And I thought to myself, is this the, the light everyone's been talking about? And did I just die? And, and since there was not much I could do about it, I, you know, pretty much said, well, okay, let's go with the flow and see what happens. And, uh, but I was stopped before I could go into the light. And I just hovered there and I tried everything I could possibly do to make my, myself go into that, 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 you know, it was just, it was just so, so bright. And then I had this thought that, oh, this is kind of boring. I'm just standing, sitting. I was horizontal feet first, which was a very odd uh, position to be in. Uh, I don't know if everybody goes through the tunnel that way, but that was the way I went through it. 
And when I thought this is really boring, all this energy poured into me, you know, it was just an implosion of energy and it spun me back around through the tunnel, set me back as fast as could be. And I heard voices in my head saying, breathe, Kathy, breathe, you know, um, and my whole left side of my body was paralyzed. There was not much I could do except hearing these voices. And they pretty much told me just to relax. And uh, I could feel them clicking back all of my left side into place where I had feeling with it again. Mm-hmm. And um, and I did have a pressure in my chest and thinking that I'll probably have to see a, a cardiologist or something. And and they pretty much said, no, you don't. And it was from that moment on, I didn't know what that was all about. But within 24 hours after coming back, I mean, they did tell me my heart had stopped. I don't know what, how my heart stopped, why it stopped, but it stopped. And because I didn't have any health related problems at that time. And this was in 2003. And, uh, but within 24 hours after coming back, I was with obsessed with quantum physics. I was getting, I was getting, waking up in the middle of the night every night and, and researching all these thoughts going through my head. And I was understanding them and whoever was talking to me at the time, because I really didn't know who was correcting things I was reading and said, well, that's not quite accurate, but that's as far as your race has gotten so far in their understanding. So, I mean, this continued on and then I go into my, my work the next day and I'd feel everybody's emotions like, like, and it wasn't a very good feeling. And uh, um, so I did call in an old friend of mine who's a, a true visionary and he'd work with me on difficult clients and he never needed to know anything about them except their name and their permission. And I asked him, can you just see what's going on with me? And he did. And he took a long time. He says, well, you almost died. He said, but you know, you've got all these new guides now and they're very technologically oriented. And I said, what do you want? What did they want? And he said, he said, this looks like a pre-life contract. He said, they want, they, you're, you're, they want you to, you're going to develop some type of technology that deals with medicine or a new way of thinking about medicine or healing. And I just laughed and I thought, oh boy, he's finally wrong. Um, but you know, it became kind of a magnificent obsession. I couldn't walk away from it until I accepted it and trusted and said, okay, what do you guys want me to do? And then the information started pouring in. I would get uh, whole downloads or I'd get uh, pictures of things, or I'd hear things in my head or just a simultaneous, uh, just an automatic knowing. And so it took five years to develop the Trinfinity 8. I think if they would have, the whole download would have came at once, I I probably would have gone crazy and they probably knew it. And I would have said, oh, forget it. This looks like too big a project for anybody, you know? And, uh, but it took five years and I I pretty much put uh, all of my, my resources into it because they did not want it out there being shared with investors because it would be compromised. Right, right. yeah. So they were so trying have, to give me something totally different than was out there already because this dealt with math, not frequencies. It dealt with math. And I thought to myself, uh, why are you giving it to me? Math was my worst subject in school. So. Right, right. So I have a couple questions in, in the background that got you to creating um, this technology. So first of all, what kind of accident caused your near-death experience? Was it a car accident or something like that? No, that's the weird thing. It was uh, it was the night of the Wesak moon, which is like uh, was it May eighth or so? And every and and I the last client of the day was a Buddhist nun, 
And she said to me, ah, this is the night of the Wiesak moon. I said, well, what's that? And she goes, it's when the veils between the dimensions in heaven and earth are very thin and, and anything can happen. And I was just walking to my car when this whoosh came out of me. That was all my old guides leaving. And apparently when then when I went home thinking about what had happened, you know, I I suddenly found myself going into the tunnel and that's when my heart had stopped. So, um, you know, it wasn't a car accident. It wasn't, it was a totally different way, but they told me later it was the only way they could do it to make the transfer of guidance because I was going from a lower dimensional level to a higher dimensional level. And it was more difficult for them to just come into me. And that was that implosion of energy in the tunnel. It was them kind of joining with me to be able to help facilitate uh, this mission that I didn't know I had at the time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That okay. That's fascinating. Okay. So a Buddhist nun was your last client, and what kind of uh, practice do you have? It was a clinical psychology. You know, I did okay. adults, individual, children. I had a neurofeedback practice as well. You know, do, working a lot with ADHD. So I had I had pretty much the gamut. You know. Okay. Okay. So you're a doctor of psychology. Yes. And so, um, and and so you're you're just on your way home, and then all of a sudden you feel this whoosh. Well, of I was energy. Walking, I was walking to my car. You walked in the car. Okay. And, and what did this wish feel like of this like energy? It's of... the strangest thing because I've never been able to find anywhere in literature about this feeling of coming out of your solar plexus, all this kind of whoosh feeling. And with it, you feel like I felt like I was done with my work here on earth. And I felt like it was like all your friends had left or something. And I I, I was like, what's that about? And when I was, I went home and I thought about it. And that's when all of a sudden I got caught into this swirling vortex and found myself drawn into the tunnel. So it was a completely different type of near-death experience. Interesting. But it was was a transitional type of near-death experience where I wasn't meant to go to the other side. I was meant to get into the tunnel so that the energy transfer could could be facilitated. So so that your new set of guides, spirit guides, angels, et cetera, can come in to your aura field to help facilitate in your next step. So, okay, you guys, if you guys feel like this whoosh of energy coming out of your, your chakras, and then you, and, and the swirl that, that, was it a physical swirl of, of vortex or was it in your mind, in your mind? In my mind's eyes, I started to see a swirling vortex and, and I, I, I obviously passed out because at the time I was drinking tea and when I did come back into my body, the tea was all over, you know, mm-hmm. so I had dropped it. So I lost consciousness. Yeah. Interesting. And and then um, who took you to, who took you to the hospital? Nobody, because nobody was there. <laughs> that was the problem. And when I came back into my body and I was paralyzed the left side, you know, there was nobody there to help. So, you know, I did not find out till many years later when um, I happened to to see a cardiologist about because uh, uh, after I had COVID, I was wheezing a little bit. And um, and I went to a cardiologist just to check it out. And he said, oh, this is interesting. And I didn't tell him I'd had a near-death experience many, many years prior. And he said, you have some scarring on the left side of your heart. Did you ever, did you ever ha- um, have a heart attack? 
Uh-huh. And and then I thought, ah, there's the physical proof, <laughs> you know, and I never had any problems with my heart afterwards. In fact, my guides had said, you don't need to see a, a cardiologist, you know, at the time it happened, you're going to be fine. But mm-hmm. years, years later, there was the evidence of that it had happened. Okay. Okay. So you, so you came out of your near-death experience in your house. You didn't like wake up in the hospital. Okay. So you came out of your near-death experience in your house. And then when you woke up out of your near-death experience, did you feel different? You know, I would just wonder, I was just a little perplexed. What was that about? And I was concerned about the fact is that I had lost, I, you know, my left side of my body had lost feeling in the whole entire left side. Uh-huh. And suddenly, you know, there, there was this, I could hear the clicking in my head as it was being reconnected. And then I thought, well, I guess I'm okay, even though there's a little bit of pressure in my chest. And, you know, they told me it's going to be fine. And, you know, it's sort of like, well, what are these voices that are talking to me? Who are they? You know, what are they? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so, as, as so then why quantum physics? I mean, why, why did you go to into like spirituality or go into your religion or go into like, I don't know, a nature retreat? Why, why quantum physics? Why that specific one were you drawn I, to? I think I was really being um, led to that area because they wanted me to know what was existing out there already, what others were doing so I could get up to speed on the understanding of quantum physics before they started to do these downloads, you know, because otherwise it would have, it, it just would have, you know, but I was understanding it, which was surprising. And I, that surprised me. Right, right. Whatever. It was like they were merging with me to show. And sometimes they would look in my memory banks to see if there was something that I could relate to that they could use, you know, which was funny because when I did start working with the crystal component of transmitting this, these algorithms in from a computer into crystal rods, um, they showed me a picture of Superman in the Fortress of Solitude because I'd seen that movie and I go, oh, and he's downloading the crystals of the history of his race. And I said, oh, you want me to use crystals? They they contain information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so, so I think that they do try to see what you already understand and work. Right. With. Right. So I have a I- so I, I asked a lot of like deep diving questions, but, you know, just to get more and more and more just, uh, just to understand more and more and more, because it is the question that is the most important because you don't ask the appropriate questions. You don't get the answer. That's how right. source is because there's infinite answers and there's only so much time. So this the, so, so uh, pardon if I ask a lot of questions. So your sixth sense that you, so oftentimes when you tap into the other side and you bring that energy with you and you had obviously a, a big en- energy transfer um, from a higher dimensional or other side, um, you came, your first sixth sense that you activated was your natural empathic abilities and you were hearing and feeling everybody. What was the common hearing and feeling that you were getting from most of the people around you in society? Well, it wasn't necessarily happiness. <laughs> it Is was, everybody sad was, all the time? I was I was feeling people's anger and frustration, and that did not feel good at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was almost telling me one door is closing your psychology, uh, you know, career in clinical psychology is ending because you can't keep doing this, taking people's stuff in. And I didn't really know how to block it out at that stage. And you're moving into a whole different chapter of your life. And do you choose to accept this mission or not? That's pretty much what it was about. 
and it was a it was a um an ex- a lesson in trust right right so so most of the most of what you get from most of the society as you meandering through your day at the grocery store at you know wherever most people are angry and they're unhappy and they're sad about their life especially well, that was that was when i first had this experience i've learned you know to block it out i but to block it when, out yeah. after initially just coming out of the near death, you know, within like a, you know, a few weeks, within the few weeks afterwards, that's when I was feeling it. So okay. I was like wide open to other right. emotions. Right. And then, you know, and this is for other people to, to, to understand, because a lot of people ask with, with people who are really empathetic or um, really high frequency, why do you guys steer away from lots of people? This is exactly why, because lots of people are projecting out toxic emotions because they haven't resolved whatever issue is causing those in their life. And so that's they're spewing out these energies. And for people like yourself, who you came into a a sixth sense of empathy, um, extreme empathy uh, and and connectedness, because empathy is connectedness to everybody else. So now you connect everybody else. And now, you know, everybody else, for the most part, is working on in their in their sojourn. So um, that answers a huge question that a lot of people ask about these high vibe people. They should be in the cities, they should be in dense areas, raise the frequency, etc. There is a trade-off. There they is. are literally taking in all your psychic garbage dumping. That's right. To this day, I still don't like to be in big crowds because it is it's a little too bombarding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how do you create, and this is really important for people who are like this. How do you create those respectful boundaries? Because you can't seclude yourself, isolate yourself forever. You're going to go into the midst of the masses. So how do you create boundaries? What are the, the things well, that you I, ha- I have a very simple little thing that I just stumbled upon because I realized that this was um, uh, a universe where uh, free will and free choice was the underlying uh, tenant. And I said, well, if I don't consent to that, then it can't. It can't actually do its damage. Mm-hmm. And so if I started to find that, I would just use the uh, mantra, I do not consent. That's all. I do not consent. You know, sometimes you might feel like, you know, being bombarded with some type of energy force coming in. I immediately say, I do not consent. And they back off. They have to, or they, or they, they just uh, accumulate their own karma. It's the rules here. And once you find out you have control and saying, I do not consent. Now, if you do nothing, you're actually consenting. True. That's true. That's true. So did you guys hear that? So if you are one of these people who really, really are so empathetic that you take on um, the negative energies that other people are projecting out because they're working on their melodramas that cause these emotions to come out of their chakras, um, set a, set a, a boundary that you do not consent, that yeah. these are not your issues. Some people are so empathetic that they actually take it on physically in their yes. body. That's true. You know, so like if, if they're really, really so empathetic with somebody having, um, let's say, a heart issue, they will have a heart issue or symptoms of a heart attack themselves. Like Even though they... They shouldn't. So, um, so that is really, really important. And that's a piece of gold for that. So these downloads, what are these downloads like for you? What did it feel like? So people recognize what is a download when they get one? Well, it's, it's like a whole bunch of information that you didn't have privy to before. And suddenly, you know how this works, 
how whatever, and you haven't read any books on it. And it's, I mean, it's not like your head is spinning and you're bombarded with headaches or anything like that. It's just information that just is, you know, just comes to you, a massive amounts of information. So I mean, ah. it's probably the easiest way to, to, you know, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't, you know, knock you out or anything like that. And, and you know, I think that when that happens, people, um, they kind of know how much you can take. I once had a client who was who was uh, uh, a psychic and she was like a space cadet whenever she channeled something through. And so I put her on uh, an EEG because I did neural feedback at that time. And I said, allow that uh, if whoever you're working with your channel, allow them to be there right now. And I noticed that her frontal lobe, the, the being was coming into her frontal lobe, which is your executive function. You know, mm-hmm. she was like, there was no brake fluid. Mm-hmm. You know? was, it here, was, this, and, was it here? Yes, it was your frontal lobe, right? Which uh-huh, is your third eye. Kids who have ADD or ADHD, it's like the, the frontal lobe is out to lunch. Mm-hmm. And so I said to her, you know, you're having all this slow wave activity in your frontal lobe because they're looking, trying to look through your eyes or whatever. I said, ask that entity or that whoever you're working with that you feel comfortable and safe with that uh, to step back into your brain, into the mm. occipital lobes where that slow wave activity is okay, you know, and she did. And I could see it on the screen immediately the, the electrodes changed the, elect- the electrical conductivity of her brain changed. And she goes, oh, I'm still getting the information, but I don't, I no longer feel like a space cadet. So oh. that was a, it was just a, a simple insight. I said, ask them to step back in your brain. Go to the and back. To the back, to the occipital so, lobe where you, okay. you have this more theta and alpha activity. It's more dreamier. You certainly don't want it in your front. Anybody who's got too much of that usually is going to have depression, anxiety, uh, impulsivity, you know, and that's not where you want that slower wave activity. Yeah, so, yeah. So, but but, but the, the people you work with, you, you might be channeling, don't know that, you know, so uh, you have to ask, you have to tell them. Yeah, yeah. And when you were getting those downloads, um, did you get any inkling of uh, like the names or the, the who the um, entities on the other side was work, was sending it over to you for? From Yeah, it wasn't so much their names because I got the impression early on names mean nothing. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, and and to their frequency almost sophomore. But I did I did ask where they were from, and they said they were known as the founders. They came from oh. the eighth dimension and beyond. They had been here for, for hundreds of thousands of years before a lot of the races were seated. And uh, seated by whom? So, uh, it, it, well, that goes into a whole other story. Can you give me a short, a short, a short, <laughs> like. There were, you know, source energy did seed angelic realms. Angelic realms did seed other races, and those races uh, seeded uh, our planet. You know, okay, so aliens from different different planets yes. seeded us. Okay, different. I mean, the Anunnaki. You can go on. There's a whole bunch. Of okay. they, which races they seeded? So the founders were the three Christos races, which were the closest one to the original source. And, and so, and where do they come from? Uh, all they told me was like the eighth dimension and beyond. 
eighth dimension. So some so, some planetary system from the eighth dimension and beyond, beyond, not from Earth, yeah. obviously, because it was and, the beginning. You know, I thought, well, why are you picking me? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because I have a good friend, James von Prague, the the psychic, and he he did a reading for me once, uh, which you know I was a freebie, and he goes. He goes, you come, he says, they're showing me, I don't even know what this means. He said, he says, they're showing you come from the Melchizedek energy. And he said, and he said, and he said, he said, you're not, you're, you don't come from this world. Yeah, <laughs> and he starts yeah. laughing. And he says, I always knew that about you. <laughs> well, none of us come from this world, right? Yes, we're, we're all, so we're, our we're energies are worlds. Yes, right. We're all aliens when you we're all well, our souls are all aliens. Obviously, yeah. you're human, I'm human. Dimension or what level we come from and so forth, like that. And 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 that that's not to mean you know somebody's better or has more information than others, because we're all in this process together. So right. Know. This is the grand experiment, right? Exactly. Yeah. So Earth, all the souls that is incarnate into Earth come from a plethora of different backgrounds. Um, higher dimensions, different planetary systems, um, other other incarnations, and Earth is not the only. Yes, most of our history has gonna... been lost. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that so that's what you got from the, your downloads um, in, in terms of that area. So then we go the the last question I have about that process of getting information, and we're going to go into the technology more. Um, so they were giving you algorithms. Yes, and I didn't even know what an algorithm. It's sort of like a recipe. If you put uh-huh. a spoonful of this and a teaspoon of that, then you get the final product. You put it all together. An algorithm is assembling of numbers to create a specific direction for information. And basically, they were telling me that everything in the universe has a mathematical signature to it. Our DNA right. is mathematically coded, and we basically need to speak to it in a language it understands. Frequency is one way, but a much more directer route, direct route into the consciousness of the cell is math. And, you know, that was like a concept to me that was just so foreign because I tell you the truth. I didn't like math. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I understand that my husband like loves math and I'm just kind of like, can, I like more history, archaeology, that kind of stuff. But so the math, just to get a taste of the math that you were getting, can you spit out one of the math, like an example of the math that you got? Was it like a well, string of numbers? It's, it's series. It's a strings of numbers. And we are they long or are they like 10 numbers? Are well, they like 100 are numbers? Some are longer than others and some are shorter. And and it was sort of like so we sat down and this this took many months to do almost a year of that five year process of mo- emotions, substances, minerals, um uh, just about anything you could think of, and what was the emotional algorithm? I mean, not the emotional. What was the mathematical algorithm for mm-hmm. it? So, you know, I always, I always throw out the fact is that vitamin C has a mathematical algorithm, yeah. and if you if you transmit that algorithm to the person, you don't necessarily have to take the physical vitamin C. And that was that was a kind of a mind stretcher to me. And I thought, right. oh, this this sounds like something from a sci fi realm. And no. but. Yeah, but I mean, that was back then, in, you know, in 2003. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but, you know, now I understand it. And and so, um, you know, you can, so when you're putting together Trinfinity 8 programs, we have over 72, you know, one program, which might be just balance energy centers, may have over 100 different algorithms behind that one program. 
Right. So, uh, you know, which include uh, or balance, uh, um, uh, restore um, energy, uh, restore uh, immune system or something like that. Or, or I don't say restore, I just say stimulate the immune system because you're the one restoring and stimulate. We're just kind of facilitating the pathway, greasing the the tracks or the wheels, so to say, for your you, you as a soul uh, and your body to do what it can do naturally. And mm-hmm. heal. nobody else. In fact, I always tell people, if they tell you, if you go to somebody and they say, I can heal you or my machine can do this or I can heal you and so forth, run because mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not true. Mm-hmm. It's source that heals, isn't is it not? Yes. It's source. Okay. And sure. and and there's also a factor of your pre-life plan. Is it is that the case as well? Well, yeah, you know, sometimes some people need their illnesses as for for what they came here to work came to with. do. Okay. All right. So you, you can you renege on that? Can you renege on that? Or is it gonna come back in a lifetime like, oh well, well you didn't well, want to do it last time, so we'll do it again? Example. Okay. We had somebody who had uh uh, um, she had tremors, tremors, her hand tremors mm-hmm. for like maybe over 20 years. And she did one session and her tremor stopped, which totally, that wasn't me. It was another practitioner who did this blew her away. And, and, and it was so disquieting to the person not to have her tremors. She said, I don't know what I do without my tremors. Mm-hmm. You know, her whole life was centered around these tremors. And so of course they came back. Right. Right. That's what so Buddha, she wasn't Buddha, ready to let go of them yet. Right. Well, that's what they found in um, a lot of Buddhist energy healers will um, will help somebody get their eyesight back. Like we'll, we'll do um, energy healing and they like Ricky uh, and they will get the eyesight back. And what they found is some people, they identify so much with being blind and the whole the way that the relationships are. Uh, the way that everybody sees it, them, the way they see themselves, it was too much of a game changer for them that um, they'll put their glasses back on and pretend that they have bad eyesight. And then they will basically bring back the bad eyesight after already being able to see for a little while. So, um, it, and it's, it's interesting, again, where the mind goes, the rest follows. Um, and the mind is following your inner Mind consciousness yeah yeah it, it's just a, it's just a vehicle it's, it's it's taking cues from the the essence of the person so the essence of the person's going i don't know about this i'm not feeling like i'm not ready for this then same thing was when i did you know uh psychology says psychotherapy you know some people you know you can tell who the visitors were who just came in there thinking it was everybody else's problem and you came in there and then there were others who were the buyers. They knew that they had to do the work and they were ready to do the work. And if I just saw a visitor, I pretty much said, you know, come back when you're ready. Yeah, come back when you're ready. Um, so I want, I want to give a little bit of a, a basic background explanation for the Buddhist audience. Who's going, you know, because they're like, oh, can you give us a little bit of background, Vaughn? So um, math. Okay, so we know in Buddhist mandalas, and I've written many books on Buddhist mandalas. And actually, I got that from a download from um, from Metatron, uh, who was like, well, I need you to take all of the sacred geometry in all the world's religions, uh, modern medical um, research that all these Buddhist monks and nuns are doing in, in mindfulness and consciousness work. And I need you to basically package it in a way that everybody's going to be able to understand who you know, f- from who have no background in metaphysics or your lifetime of 
understanding Buddhism in the different monasteries that you grew up um, going to. So um, wrap that all around and, and deliver it. And basically what what came through was that everybody is an energy field. Your chakras, your energy field, it's your Merkaba, it's your mandala, it's your frequency. It, you know, it's it, it's all the same. It's your uh, Medtrans cube, whatever you want to call it, the sacred geometry of yourself, all the different things that you put in t- into, into that. But that has an image, and they've proven it in semantics research, that everybody has a unique vocal DNA from their voice, from the frequency of their voice. And it has an image. Um, That image can also be translated to a frequency that's unique to you. That's your vocal DNA. That's your your song. And everybody has a unique song inside them. Your your soul's song is very different. Everybody's different. And when everybody's fine-tuned to the 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 perfect pitch frequency that the the healthy frequency it's like a synth a symphony that's playing mm-hmm. in the universe okay um now that frequency that song that you are can be equated to your mathematical sequence mm-hmm. okay so um so it's just like they say in um in the bible and in others you know that that source god started with the sound Okay, the sound created the image, which created the form of what was being created. And um, and in Buddhism, we focus a lot on the symbolism of the lotus because um, the harmonics of the energy of anything in creation of all the chakras creates an, a, a toroidal field that looks like a lotus. And in the middle is you. Okay, so the first thing in creation that God created, according to Buddhism, is a flower. That flower is the lotus energy that created the being manifested to walk its creation. And then it can experience itself through you. So that's the basic understanding of math equals sound equals image equals form. Um, The other thing. Uh, Go ahead. The thing is, if you took a uh, 64-sided star tetrahedron, which Mm -hmm. I have one, and Mm -hmm. uh, um, got it 64 chromosomes. Yes, got it from (laughs) Zach A. Glass in Australia, one of of my my people, one of my owners of my technology. And if you collapse that 64-sided star tetrahedron, Mm -hmm. which is considered the matrix for the world, it would look exactly like a flower of life. Exactly. Well, it is. It would look like the flower of life. It would look like the Sri Yantra. It would look like the yin yang. It would look, there's all different forms. The star yeah, of David. Ma- yeah. And and then if you, you map all that, it comes out to the math. So, so many different ways um, in, in understanding that there's nothing, es- nothing occult or negative. It's just you. So, um, so moving beyond that explanation, because I wanted to explain to people who are going, I don't get it, math becomes a person, you know, becomes the healing. So if you're if you're out of balance, then your frequency, your energy field is out of balance. So how do you tune an energy being through the through the 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 sound or the in this case the math that creates a sound to to tune that person back into good well, health. Well, that was really important because they told me it wasn't all about math. I mean, math was the, the key component. But mm-hmm. then they said, you do need to bring in some sound because the sound 
um, sets up the, uh, the, uh, for the math to flow into the cells. So it sets up uh, a conducive field, okay? Mm-hmm. So they had me work with specific sound frequencies that worked with the math. Mm. And then they, they brought in the science of fractals, which I had never even heard of. And when you use a fractal in combination with math and frequencies, it amplifies the information coming through to the body. And then, of course, they wanted to put it all so that you could hook in crystal rods into your computer and have that information all stream through the computer to your body. And it was sort of like, wow, that's really weird. Stuff. That's really cool. That's really cool, Kathy. So um, the fractals, was that what? What, how did the fractals come in? Did, is it like a, a image or what it, where, what yes. was the? So we, oh. had, we had, I had a fractal designer. So moving images of fractals. And, mm. you know, the closest thing you can think of when, with a fractal is like those, those uh, Russian, I think the Matryoshka, those nesting dolls. But, dolls yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Mandelbrot sets. Yes, it's the exact same duplicate. And so if you if you zero in anywhere on the fractal, you'll see the exact hole of the fractal again. Mm-hmm. You zero in even more into that little thing, you'll see the exact thing again. And if we're all God, then we're all fractals of God. And that's why they told me that the name of the book, of course, I had, you know, the subtitle was The Psychologist's Near-Death Experience and Journeys into the Mystical. But the main book was Fractals of God. And that was, they said, was important that we were all fractals of God. That's a beautiful answer to my next question. Yeah. So what is a fractal of God? It is you. We are all mini versions of bigger and bigger versions of the Godhead. I love that. Um, And then for people to understand algorithm, this is, you know, people who have a computer science or IT background will understand this. But basically, your computer has a crystal inside it. Okay, the computer chips have aspects of crystals. And the reason why they have crystals as aspects of the chip to hold all the storage in your computer is because crystals can hold uh, 10 times or more information than like a floppy disk or anything else like that because of the fractal nature of the crystal. That's why every computer for storage have crystal has some crystal component exactly Radios, you name it yes yeah iPhones, and it's for you're what you're not yeah exactly <laughs> and it's for it's for storage and so the the image of superman is beautiful um because if you're going to put a whole huge string of data like um mathematical numbers you're going to put it into crystals so they can hold all of that Okay, and um, they actually created, I can't remember what, um, I'll put it on the show, to, show notes for people who want to geek out on the knowledge of, of storing information in crystals. Um, but they, they found that they can take all of human existence information and put it into a crystal that they call the Superman crystal. <laughs> big, <laughs> a big zip drive, right? A big zip drive. Okay, so Trinfinity 8 Research has some hard hitters backing up um, your findings that it helps people, you can say, heal or um, get better from the ailments that they are um suffering through so here's some of the heavy hitters and i know some of the people who follow the podcast know them there is healing waters research foundation um they do they do research also with uh, the materials from dr um emoto uh there's dr glenn 
Reen of the HeartMath Research Institute at Princeton University and Quantum Biology Research Lab, who uh, has done research on the Schumann frequency to prove that when humans in particular areas have a huge heartfelt emotion, they know something big is going to happen in the area. Okay, which proves that we are all interconnected to itself, each other, and also to the earth because the um, their technology measures like they do earthquakes on the earth, and that's how they know. Um, so, HeartMath Institute, uh, Dr. Mitchell Kessler of Global Health Michael? Solutions. Michael Kessler is Michael. Okay, um, Dr. Norman Sheely, the inventor of the Gamma Brainwave PEMF energy healing device, which I have want to call it the healing ha- halo. Um, I love that. Dr. Beverly Rubick, who served as one of 18 congressionally appointed members of the Program Advisory Board to the Office of Alternative Medicine at the U.S. National Institute of Health, NIH, from 1992 to 1997. And she also chaired the NIH panels on electromagnetic medicine and manual healing. Now, her recent findings that 5G wireless radiation causes symptoms similar to COVID-19 is a must read and is also in the show descriptions. So uh, for you that want to know about that link, that is in there for the show notes. So that is some heavy hitters and um, they all back up Trinfinity 8. So what are some of the profound illnesses or viruses that have reported fantastic results to people who've tried it as an addition to your modern medical practice? (laughs) Well, you know, you have to realize that when Trinfinity came out, it was 2009. It was one of the first ones on the block. So a lot of these researchers who are very well known and were making a name for themselves really were fascinated because it was using a whole different type of technology. So we we got pretty much the gamut, you know, that they were interested in testing this. And uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Glenn Ryan, uh, he took liquid placenta DNA. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looked at three of our programs. One was reverse aging, telomere repair, and uh, it was divine alignment. And uh, he would suspend it right to the crystal with the, the information coming through the crystal plugged into our device. And uh, he would see what the electrical conductivity of was. Now, remember, the crystal wasn't even touching the liquid placenta DNA. It was just suspended maybe a half an inch above it. Right. And he found that it increased the conductivity, electrical conductivity, by 50 to 60%, which is indicative of the cell being able to repair itself. DNA mm. cells to repair. Mm-hmm. So um, he he started looking at all this. And so that was one thing that we knew that it was affecting reverse aging. And, mm. you know, one of our things in there obviously was, you know, it uh, it helps you stay younger. Uh, you know, I always tell people, normally people don't want to tell their age, but I'm going to be 70 in November. You look great. Those telomeres have definitely like <laughs> grown in length. That's all energy. You know, people always ask, who does you? And I'm saying, no, it's energy, you know, energy and and used in a proper way can keep you very young where you don't have to use all this other stuff. So, you know, we, it was one of the things that we looked at. We also looked at um, 
uh, Michael Kessler, Dr. Michael Kessler, did the omega uh, heart rate variability tests. Mm-hmm. And he did. They happened to do this. He came to us and we were at, at some conference and he didn't tell us. He was testing people who were coming over and doing a free 15-minute session uh-huh. on their device. And so he had uh, he had got one guy, he did ask him, he said, can I take a pretest of you? And before you go over and do that machine, because he was really curious. And the guy was um, 68, but his heart rate value was showing that he was like 76. Okay. And so then he did a 15-minute session, came back and improved his overall health by 36 percent then he was curious to know did it last then and the next day he asked the guy can you come back don't do a second session just come back retest again and it continued to go up by 46 percent oh okay then he was curious even more he said go over to that other booth and use the other person's technology i won't say who it was and he retested him and it dropped down oh okay and and so he said okay um, go back to Trinfinity A, do a third session, and let's see what happens. Uh-huh. And we were oblivious to this whole process, what was going on. And it continued, it went, it, 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 re- it brought him right back up where he was originally and undid the damage of that other energetic or whatever unit was, um, was doing. And uh, so, my Dr. Michael Kessler said, what do you have in this device? Because it's pretty amazing from what it's showing on our testing results. And so then he took on a bigger study and so forth. And we had very good results from that as well. So we've also done it in swimming pools, infused. Mm. We had big underwater speakers and a floating platform where it attached to our computers, but suspended long wires that put the crystals in the pool and we did it for a floating Reiki class here in Maui. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I'd ever done it. So I didn't, I didn't know what the results would be. And we were, and all I did was I prepped the water playing I am love. So, and people noticed immediately the water got warmer. Mm-hmm. And it changed the pH. It's it by the balance of the pool, it corrected the pH balance too, because we had a pool expert come in and at the time doing it and looking at it. And so then we played I Am Healed. Uh, now, this is for my other Ascension 11 technology, not the Trinfinity 8, but that's all spiritually based programs. We did I Am Healed. And this one woman, she was Coast Guard. And she said, that was amazing. She said, I have been torn over experience that happened to me many years ago as a Coast Guard. There was two sisters drowning and I was only able to save one of them. And she mm. said that has bothered me for so long. She says, when I was floating in the pool and feeling those that energy of what was being transported through the water, which is a, the best conductor of energy you can imagine, mm-hmm. she said that sister that died came to her and talked to her and thanked her for saving her other sister, uh, obviously survived, because the family needed that sister more at that time to be alive. And it was just such a healing experience for this woman to let go of that guilt that she couldn't save both of the sisters. So, um, and we were having things like that. People were saying, oh yeah, I felt beings around me and things I was letting go of. And, you know, it doesn't tell you what needs to be healed, but you know what needs to be healed and released in your body. 
and the water as a good conductor of energy was, mm-hmm. was providing that facilitation. So that was pretty amazing. So we thought, you know, anybody wants, we'll go and infuse your water with whatever you want in your swimming pool, invite your friends over. And if you want to experience the benefit of that, that, you know, that's another aspect because some of our people actually infuse their drinking water with it. Mm-hmm. And that's- um, yes. That sounds like a great pool party, I must yes. say. <laughs> I love you that. You never know what to expect. That's that's the beauty of it. You know, it's sort of like people tell me and, and I said, really, you did that too? <laughs> wow. Well, I'm going to share my screen and we're going to go over um, the Ascension 11 technology and then the Trinfinity 8 system. And then, you know, go over common questions that people have on, you know, how, which one should I get? Which one should I start with? And et cetera. So let me share my screen. Here is the trinfinity8.com. And um, this is the the system that you first developed, right? So here's the, there's the fractal images that you're talking about. Yes. And uh, And then you can see the crystal rods which uh, which have uh, circuits. Uh, there's no electrical energy going through it, but you can see they. I, I those black rods that are on the end of these are these are pure quartz crystals. They're grown in a lab. They're double terminated. They take energy and they take the information and immediately release it. Unlike regular crystals, which hold in information, this one takes it and immediately lets it go to the person. Now, if you see those little black holders oh. there, not the lines. But I couldn't figure out how to attach them. And one day I was riding my bike and they kept forcing me to look down at my bike handles. (laughs) And that's when I go, oh, that's a great idea. And then so we had designed uh, uh, something that would fit these, you know, these four sided. We we have six sided crystals, too, but four sided ones. And uh, so you can't see it now, but those little wires go into the back of a digital to analog box. That's the silver box. And the silver box actually is attached into your computer. So that information is streamed through your computer, through the signal box, and then into the crystals. Okay. So the crystals can be placed anywhere on your body. Most people just hold them in their hands, you know, okay. and make sure that they're, they're that the it's the, that the tip is actually in the palm chakra of their hands so that a lot of that information does not re- is not released out into the ethers. It's it's encapsulated uh, within that um, the person's field there. So um, so the fractals that you see, people don't actually have they're wonderful, beautiful fractals. Mm-hmm. And set up you know a kind of a, a color therapy too, but people don't have to look at them. The purpose of that fractals is so that we play the algorithms behind it. They're like hand in hand. And when you when you when when you do that, like it's like handshaking, it's increasing the amplitude of those algorithms going to the person. So that was the 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 whole logic behind that, which at first I didn't understand. Uh, and they said fractals amplify man. Okay, so so fractals are a beautiful visual of math in in motion math yeah. displayed because if it was just a bunch of math numbers people would be bored they'd be like oh yeah. so this is this is a, now the, when they play this is just is it a static image of the fractals no, or it's, does it it's, move it's a moving image it's a moving image and it's morphing into other things and so forth like that that are that uh it's really quite we have quite a number of different ones it's not just one 
Okay. And uh, depending on the feel for what the program is, you know, when you have ones that are more stress reducing and so forth, we play more of the um, blues, uh, uh, fractals that have those kind of colors in the more energizing ones maybe have much more, you know, oranges or yellows or reds, energizing colors as well, you know, but they're all moving images. And, uh, so, I mean, people can look into them. I've had one person said it, it, the fractals came out of the screen, like a three, you know, M and I said, what kind of computer do you have? <laughs> Cause I've never seen that. You know, so oh, it affects people differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, the fractal images, I mean, they're very much like watching Mandelbrot sets or um, yes. it, they're very hypnotic and they kind of get, they exactly. induce kind of a calming yes. focus. Um, it's almost like a meditation because when you're looking at certain fractals, you're not thinking about your your mommy daddy issues and what you're going to eat for dinner. Yes, okay. Right. <laughs> so which, which knows that you're in a meditative state. And you're like basically con- going back and connecting to source. So, um, and and so the fractals kind of help, and especially the moving help achieve that meditative connection to source. You got to get into that high gamma brainwave healing frequency in order to, you know, get the benefits of that connection to um, the Christ crystalline consciousness within you. The, the God source within you. So I can totally understand why this, the, your spirit guide said, we need the fractal image so people to look at. And then the math, the math matches yeah. the fractals or it could be any set of fractals. Cause they no, make the match. Because people start to think that, you know, when they started looking at the fractals initially, they thought they were driving the fractals by holding the crystals. And he said, no, you know, that's not the case. Those fractals are moving with the math you know, not interpreting the man. Okay. So they're, they're doing their job, whether you look at them or not. And okay. uh, so no one I had up until that point had actually used the science of fractals with math and crystals. So, you know, Trinfinity 8, like I said, it came out in 2009 and we had all the energy practitioners of subtle energy going like we had, we, we debuted at a subtle energy conference in Denver, Colorado, where all the big researchers came. And I just put two devices out and I said, you know, free sessions, everybody just try it out because I didn't know what it was going to do. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, it, our, our booth was mobbed. You know, in fact, the other vendors were a little mad that everybody kept going over to our booth because they had never seen anything like this. And the guy who started uh, the International Society for the Study of Energy and Energy Medicine was a guy named, um, oh my God, I, I just forgot it right now. Uh, but he was from the Menninger Institute. And uh, he said um, he had been shown many, many years ago that a device, something like this would come into the future and to start an organization where this type of technology would be able to be debuted. And so Mm -hmm. people who could read energy were watching what was going on around the person while they were on it. And this one woman said, oh, my God, there's all this like sharding coming out of the person. And I would look Mm -hmm. over and what it was playing was release emotional blockages mm-hmm. so it was all that negative stuff and then another one said oh no all this beautiful like rainbow plumping is coming out of the body and I look over and it was playing you know balance energy centers 
And so it was kind of, it was really interesting. And we had a lot of psychics come on and they said, oh, my guides knew exactly what this was. They said, this is Atlantean technology. It's just mm-hmm. packaged differently. It's just packaged differently. So I have a question between the six-sided crystal, because the, the, the rods here, the crystal rods, um, what's the difference between a six-sided one and a four-sided one? Well, um, the more we, we use the six-sided one for the spiritual programs. Okay. Um, and more so for the Ascension 11. And uh, the physical ones are like the four pyramid, I like the pyramids, I four-sided. It is more physical related. So that's why oh. we pair the four-sided. They told me that this it's it's better for physical four-sided. Spiritual will get you into other realms that you're doing. So sometimes our people buy both, you know, and they say, okay. so I can, I can switch out. So, can, so you can switch out. Okay, so six-sided is spiritual more multifaceted and then foresight is is physical yeah. now yeah. let me ask you something about the, more about the crystals um uh, wh- what so you say the organic crystals hold information and the lab created crystals basically become a transmuter they let the energy yeah. go through yeah. okay yeah. I, I had to find i had to find a lab in the world that would grow it it can't grow it in the united states nobody does it and what they do is they start off with a uh, in an autoclave a seed crystal and it takes about a month to grow these crystals then they cut mm. and they polish them to your whatever your specifications are and they're so pure i mean they look like glass but they're pure mm. quartz crystal yeah and you know i we had somebody once a psychologist that said i had two regular like crystal globes on the side of trinfinite while i was doing and they were pretty they they were pretty uh clear and she said, by the end of the session, they were all cloudy. They took in all the information because crystals talk to other crystals. And oh. she said it took a couple of days for them to return back to their more clear state. They held it in, that information, where we designed our crystals to take it and immediately disperse it to the person, not the person. person. Yeah. That's, really, that's really good to know. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you about the crystals is... Um, have you tried uh, maybe like Lemurian crystals or red well, crystals to see if that makes a difference? Well, you know, some people, you know, put crystals on their body, even when they're holding the thing, uh, holding our, our rods, crystal rods, which is, by the way, very Egyptian. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the pharaohs used to walk around with they call the, the wands of Horus or the rods of Ra. And they said so they were copper tubes. And they had crystals inside it and they never left home without it. It was geared to balancing the energy. So it's like I said, it's very Egyptian, very Mm -hmm. Atlantean, because the Atlantean society really formed the Egyptian society Mm -hmm. and the culture. And so, like I said, that's why you said this is Atlantean. In fact, he said it was Atlantean. He said, I didn't think I'd see this technology in this lifetime. I was really surprised. He was a psychic. And -hmm. and he said, but here it is again, (laughs) just in a different package. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can, but, but to detach those, you know, because you don't get, uh, you, you don't get pure, you know, um, uh, quartz on Lemurian crystals, you know, it's, oh, it's a whole different okay. type of crystal. So these, even though they're synthetic, they're grown from crystal seeds and they add a little bit more over time until you have a full crystal. So they are oh. crystals, but they're synthetically grown. Okay. So um, for, for crystal lovers, people who love crystals and collect crystals, um, 
because some people use crystals for for healing, for meditations, for a variety of different things. Um, what's your perspective on lab created crystals versus organic? Well, you know, I I use both, but with eight, oh. obviously, the best one I was told by my guides were these particular type of crystals for the transfer but of the energy. Yes, okay. for transfer of energy. But if you're doing your own work. Use regular crystals for that. Yeah, most people, you know, don't have these type of things available to them, you know. Right, And they don't need to be, they just need to be washed, you know, wiped down with water. They don't need to be put out in the sun to get rid of that stuff because it cleared, because they're like self-cleaning crystals. They let go of stuff and, you know, sort of like, I wish we had that where we could just let go of all of our emotions like these crystals. They just take it in and immediately let go. Wow, that's wonderful. So if you guys wanted to try the Trinfinity 8 system, it is relatively expensive. Um, but if you um, wanted to, you can go to the sales form and then submit a request. And the salesperson, they're go- what do they do if you wanted to buy one of these units for yourself? Well, like, let's, let's say you're a healthcare practitioner or a um, energy healing alternative medicine practitioner and you wanted to have this in your office. Which we have a lot of them. We even have... Um, we even have, um, what do you call it, uh, um, aestheticians, uh, plastic surgeries, surger, uh, uh, surgeons in L.A. using them to speed up tissue repair after surgeries. Uh-huh. We've had naturopaths, osteopaths, chiropractors, um, massage therapists, Reiki instructors, uh, ministers, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists. We've, we've had the gamut of everyone. It's it's one of those tools, especially with some people that are difficult. It, 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 it kind of it helps soften up the gunk to get rid of. So then healing can be facilitated. And as I said earlier, you know, you do the healing, but it facilitates that so you can do your own healing much faster and quicker. And so yeah. um, we have we and it's remote. You can do remote sessions with this as well. You can send to anybody. We've even had people. In, uh, in England, we have someone who just does nothing but clearing um, ghosts and entities from houses. And it was it? has a lot of those. Uh, yes. Oh, she yeah, said, yeah. She said she was successful. What You know, when this one house was really difficult. And right before the this this tenacious spirit left, it took the crystals right out of her hand and threw them up in the air. It was shattered. pissed off. It was left. like, how dare you kick me out? Oh, it's okay. It's okay. You've had your time. It's time to move on. Oh. So, um, so, you know, uh, distance doesn't matter what the distance. So that's why we say, you know, our practitioners, you don't have to have a practitioner you actually go to. You can work with somebody who does remotely on you using a photograph of you, a recent photograph or your name. And, you know, so far we don't need blood or hair or any of that kind of stuff. You know, and um, they'll they'll find out what you're dealing with, whether it be an emotional trauma, physical problems, and so forth. And they'll devise um, a plan, a program for you, and allow you to know when they're going to play it, so you can be in a quiet space if you want. And if you want to hold your own crystals in hand, fine too. It's just so it's like you're not at the gym working out because we've had some people say, wow, that felt like a lot of energy. Now, some people are very sensitive. So we have mild, normal and intense settings, too. And we kind of figure what we're, you know, what's the best and how long to play certain things. And sometimes we can play 10 different ones, one right after the other, not all at the same time, because that's way too much for the energy. Right. 
So you can find any one of these practitioners um, on the the practitioners page within Trinfinity Eight, and and I, I have been clicking through to different ones um, in the United States. Um, do you and have we many more? It's just that those are the ones that wanted to be advertised. And if somebody does want to buy it, they just need to go to the sales page. There's like four different worldwide distributors there. Mm-hmm. They'll call you back or email you or whatever it needs to, to, to facilitate whatever that process is. But, you know, not everybody can, can afford, I mean, most of the time the practitioners can because they lay in lots of different tools in their practices. But uh, right. so it's, it's, uh, it's going to be different for everyone. Right. So um, so there are local practitioners listed on the website. And if it's not listed on the website, you can reach out to sales um, through the contact us form. And yes, they the can, main office of sales. The main office. Yeah, okay. And, and they'll, they'll let you know who's good and who, who likes to do remote sessions for people. And, you know, it's usually most, pretty much a sliding fee scale or something like that. Okay. So, yeah. Great. Well, sometimes so, some do it for free too. You just don't know. Some some look at it as their their energetic mission. You know. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. So you guys, and there's there's people in Brazil. There's people in South Africa. I found one over in my little um, island um, oasis in the Seattle area. Uh, there's one in like what is it? It looks like Romania, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. Oh, you, yeah. can't, you can't see the Europe map right now unless you kind of pull it over. But we have a lot of people in Europe. A lot of oh yeah, there Germany. you go. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. So they're so, all over. Yeah, so you can find a practitioner in your local area if it's not listed. Check the website and reach out, and they'll probably f- find somebody closer if you want to be there in person to feel that physical healing or um, that f- physical effect. Um, however. The effect is the same, even if you find somebody distance-wise, right? That you're going to get the same effect. Yeah. Yes, we, okay. we found it doesn't seem to matter, you know, and uh, and then we tweak it because not a one size fits all. We get your feedback, you know, what did you experience, you know, uh, because it's what we found is pretty. Uh, we can it's a pretty good bet if people are experiencing pain because, mm-hmm. and so we work on implement in the inflammatory process in the body. And uh, to decrease that, because behind every disease is inflammation. And yeah, uh, yeah. so if you can, if you can address the inflammation, and sometimes we do it emotionally too, because inflammation and swelling is like anger, you know, in the mm. body. It's, it's well, that's what that process. was the common emotion that you. That's the common yes. emotion that you got from people when you first yes. came into your yes. empathic abilities. Is yes. everything, and, and that comes from you know feeling powerless about something. You know, so um, and we have all felt powerless at one time or another in our life or, you know, it's yeah. like, what do we fear? Not being loved, being rejected, being powerless. You know, it's the, the same usual ones it all gets down to where as humans, we all experience that. That's awesome. So um, lots of lots of good stuff there. And then Ascension 11 is the spirituality version of this. Now, um, it is a little bit more affordable than the Trinity 8 that a lot of holistic practitioners um, use in their spas or Stop in their right alternative there. medicine. Stop, Stop right there. Yeah. Okay. These are all 11 IM programs. They're all 33 minute programs, much longer. Each mm. each. Each frequency, each algorithm, each uh, uh, um, music device has been mastered specifically 
for what they're trying to address. Now, this this picture here, because I thought uh, this is a little different, but I was told, and my guides told me, that you need to combine it with the water resonance. So I found a place that uh, to, I, I, I sent them a file. They didn't know what was in the file. It just sounded like white noise, but it was actually algorithms. But, you know, you can't hear algorithms. And so it sounds like white noise if you played it in a sound file. And I said, I want you to resonate this on your water thing, like the Emoto things, and see what the, if, if anything comes up. And they got this image and others, and they said, oh, my God, what is this? Because it's coming up with really complex sacred geometry. Mm-hmm. And later I had to tell them what it was, was the algorithm for golden light to the pineal gland. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we took all those visuals from being resonating on water, and those are what's played, many of them, under each of those 11 different Ascension 11 programs. So you're actually seeing the algorithms visualized in water images, uh, which no one's ever done either. That's awesome. So um, the the math is at a higher resonance, so that's why you can't hear, the, it just goes, the white noise. And but um, there is actually a form being created, and you can see that in semantics. Um, yeah. Soundmadevisible.com. That's yeah. awesome. I love semantics. Um, I wonder, have you ever tried playing the? Because um, in Buddhism, the ancient form of semantics before um, the cymoscope technology was developed, um, they use singing bowls to um to see the what the mandala looks like um have you ever tried sending the sound of the algorithm into a singing bowl to see if it comes up with anything um i personally haven't i i wouldn't be surprised if one of our you know thousands of practitioners has done it because people have done some really unusual experimentation yeah with yeah. this. And so, yeah, I mean, I even had a guy when we first started, he said, um, he says, it's decreased my gas mileage. I said, how'd you do that? And he yeah. said, I ran a program, you know, um, I forgot what program it was. Uh, oh, I think it was um, an energy, an energy stimulation program. Mm-hmm. And he put, he put the crystals running the program and he put it on the dashboard of his, of his car you know, mm. and, and then he started tracking mileage. And so it's like, I said, okay, well, you know, it's like it, it, the experimentation, how, how creative people get is, is really quite amazing at times. You know, so we, Oh, we, I we want one of these. <laughs> Girl, I want one of these and I want to stick it on everything. My food, <laughs> my water, my bed, everything. That'd be fun. Okay. So you go to sales and you make a request um, for how much it's going to cost. And yeah. But also, you don't have a practitioner list that also does this here? Oh, you mean for remote, remote sessions? Yeah, yeah for Ascension 11. Let's say just, they just uh, want the No, no, pretty much, you know, since this is on the Trinfinite side, they just need to go to Trinfinite. They know that we're the parent company. And many of our people also who have Trinfinite 8 also have Ascension 11. So right. it's not that unusual, you know. Once they just find out how it can help, their people, they they definitely usually are into the spiritual component of it and, mm-hmm. and want to include that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Energy healing modalities, learning energy healing, using energy healing, uh, metaphysics, uh, all this consciousness technology. Um, it it kind of goes in the same um, 
audience. Yes, <laughs> yes. We like one, we like the other. So, okay. So we're going to go into your events. So you have an upcoming event. I think, is this already sold out? The November to December 2022 um, ancient I, I Egyptian think, tour? I, I actually think we have like two or three spots left. That's it at hmm. this point. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing was, because uh, it's always, because most of the time it's healers, and it, we go to a lot of the sound healing temples. Mm-hmm. And when I, I was told by my guides that it was really important for me to make that connection back to Egypt, where a lot of my um, prior lifetimes I had learned, you know, and I'd worked with uh, healing and sound and so forth like that. And, and so, um, and, you know, the Abydos Temple, that's the home of the Melchizedek. So they don't talk about that. But I knew immediately when I got in there exactly what that place was. It felt very familiar, just like Saqqara, you know. And uh, so I take a lot of different healers there. And it's more, although we, we um, part of it, we present the traditional, but I present the uh, mystery schools and the more esoteric uh, things there. And so, yeah, we have private time in a lot of the sacred areas so that people can really reconnect again. And it's, yeah. it's quite, it's quite wonderful. It's uh, quite amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of um, energy healing, energy wellness practitioners, they know, they know more than one modality is they, they're always interested in connecting with multiple modalities just because uh, different ones will address different things better than others so um you have have many tools in your belts (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i totally understand that well macabre chakras is just dedicated to just providing a a huge library of modalities and resources most of the 80 something thousand listeners are energy healers and hopefully growing um so let me ask you okay so let me ask you about egypt um so this interesting picture on the left has this light above the temple and then there's the moon. Where is that light from? It's a UFO. It's a UFO. I knew it was going to be a UFO. There's another random light. In, in fact, it was a night of the full moon and uh, that was at Kumumbo, uh, right along the, uh, the Nile there. And the night of the full moon and we're taking pictures of the full moon. And I took this picture and I'm like, what's that speck on my, my camera lens? And then I move it and I don't see it with the naked eye. And I go back and I still see it again. And then I asked my, my, my group, I said, can you look in your lens if you can and see if, if you see anything different than naked eye? They could all see it. And the minute we recognized it as a group, another one came and joined it. And then oh, did those weird things. <laughs> oh, they, they, they're doing some different shooting out here and there. There yes, has been some yes. interesting. So we, yes, yes. So it was kind of like, that. oh, how wonderful, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. You now, now I want to ask you something. Uh, we're going a little bit off of Trifinity. We're going to go into the metaphysics because now we're going into your events. Um, with energy healing, uh, towards uh pilgrimages like 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 this um does this happen often where there's some kind of extra dimensional activity going on around you guys um sometimes it happens Mm. and you know sometimes you miss it i was in my living room the other day looking out uh, uh, oh my a friend was looking out and she was looking out my big window 
And I had my back turned. She goes, oh, my God, I just saw a big, big ship over the ocean. And it wasn't it wasn't a you know, regular airplane or anything. And I turned around. It's already gone. You know, so sometimes things happen so fast. You, you miss them. I've seen a lot of UFOs over my lifetime. I, I guess it's I don't know. Maybe you just tuned into it or something. And there's definitely a lot more on Maui where I live. But but when I went to Egypt, it was like my memory banks opened. I was starting to remember things. And I and I actually would tell some of the, the, the guides there, not my guides, but the guy in, in Egypt, that's not what that's for. Because they would take a guess at some things that has been the kind of like the standard, um, you know, explanation for uh, decades. Right, and right. I immediately knew that wasn't the real true story. And so I would correct them <laughs> or, or just add what I said. Well, this is what I'm getting, you know, take it or leave it. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Uh, for yeah. a very long time, there was a lot of suppression to 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 recognize and show on the Internet um, that there's more more pyramids all over the world besides um, oh, yeah. Egypt. And then and I've been that, underneath those pyramids. There's water tunnels. I've been there's water. There has to be water. That, that, there has to be a has conductor. No one else has been to because I've seen them, seen that in my visions. And I, I, we, we, between me and one of my people in Egypt, there we talked to the Department of Antiquities, and for a hefty price, they allowed us to go down there. They didn't even. They didn't wanted to even know how did I even know about them. Yeah, and because nobody had been down there, and of course, once they fa- figured out that they can make some money. If you're charging you to go down there, I mean, you, you can't go with the group because of the liability factor. You got to go down 150 feet under uh. iron, iron uh, ladders that are kind of rickety. And I got down there. And there's a sarcophagus buried under the water. My guides told me immediately it's hermetically sealed. You have to have the right DNA to go to it. It's a portal. And there's tunnels. And so I took water samples. I talked about it at the pyramid conference, you know, my findings there. But, you know, then I found out that there's water tunnels under Chichen Itza, Mm -hmm. under the Bosnian pyramid, under Teotihuacan in Mexico, many of them. So they all built on a water source. So there's something there that, you know, nobody has kind of explained. I mean, I kind of get the picture what they're using it for. Obviously, it's been the pyramids have been used for many different reasons over mm-hmm. you know, over the years, and and you know, one of them obviously was uh, as a power station, mm-hmm. but uh, as an ascension device, um, as just a ceremonial thing. Uh, now, as a money maker, <laughs> and uh, so forth. So yeah, it's, it's it's gone through its progressions as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a. The the synonymous thing is is all the porter points um, on the earth, which typically have a pyramid, megalith, like a cathedral. Uh, there's, there's it's not a coincidence that they built it there. They built it right on the portal points of earth earth's grids, and they there has to be water because that's the conductor to connect to the the, the higher dimensions. Um, so you said that the sarcophagus needed a um, a certain DNA. What kind of DNA does it need? Um, well, obviously, it hasn't found that person with the right DNA yet. Because ah. we went there, there was only three of us. My my Egyptian guide that I'd worked with for many years, the uh, head of the Giza Plateau, and he said no one's been able to open it. And you know, I thought, well, that's interesting because you know that. Was underneath. I mean, you could see that the tunnels going, but I couldn't. I couldn't get in a boat and go through there. You know, right. and I think very much that those tunnels go to Hawara, which is like about about seventy five uh, miles away. 
because when I went to Hawara, I tracked the water. Certain, it's a long story, but there was moguls there, like collapsed water tunnels. Uh-huh. And I think that they did per- processions, or at least that's what I'm seeing in my head, to the underworld. And it was always through the solar boat, you know, through the uh, the water, uh, because they believed water was the source. Right. You know, but what country was the? Was water. Right, Hawara. What country is that in? Hawara is in Egypt. In Egypt, okay, so it's another location. It's, it's just another a low temp, a temple that many people don't go to because it's off the beaten track. Um, but uh, I, you know, I think that uh, it might be much more important than people think. So you know, it's like I go. Did where, you go to it? Oh, absolutely! I've been there twice. Yeah. And when you went there, what did you get? What kind of access did you get for that temple? Um, well, that temple, uh, the water tunnels have collapsed, so you couldn't go down. you can see that it's collapsed, that there's an opening to go into the pyramid, but it's collapsed. So, Mm -hmm. um, and you can see because the only place in Egypt near, near a pyramid where there's moguls in the sand all over the place is Hawara. So that tells me something has collapsed Mm. underneath. And so I'm pretty much sure you can't access those anymore. Okay. Um, but there was a lake there at one time, and that right. lake was uh, had gone from um, it went from salt water, and then something changed it to fresh water. And the water underneath the pyramid tunnels, mm-hmm. the Giza pyramid tunnels, uh, when I we did a water sample test at a lab, showed it uh, had uh, high salinity. And it's five miles from the Nile, which is freshwater, and much further from the uh, Mediterranean. So it's, they're saying, like, what's the source there? So we know it's coming from somewhere else. Right. Um, and it's speculated that it might be coming from the Giza pyramids, right? Well, we think it may have come from Hawara, which changed. Oh, to, OK. You know, and at one time, and nobody knows what, how the water changed there. This happened, you know, many millennium ago. And right. uh, so that's kind of it's still a mystery. But uh, um, Dol- um, there was uh, Dolores Cannon. No, not Dolores Cannon. Um, I forgot her name. She did topography, uh, um, uh, kind of unofficial, you know, because <laughs> right, right. the government doesn't want you to do this stuff. And she found out that there was um, many levels under Hawara, some the size of football fields, rooms. So, you know, my remote viewing of underneath the, because I learned by Russell Targ, one of, you know, from the uh, um, uh, Stanford Research Project, right. the military stuff. And he had taught me how to remote view. And when I remote viewed under the Great Pyramid, I saw many tunnels. That was before I went down there and, mm-hmm. and actually saw them and also a city. So there's a city down underneath there. And that's is why it's a crystal a city or what is a city like? Um, well, I wouldn't say it's a crystal city. I mean, I didn't get to see all of it or so forth, but there's large spaces down there. So that was, they use that. There was like, you know, that old saying mm-hmm. as above, so below. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, it was, you know, it was almost like there's an inverted pyramid below there that mm-hmm. is just as powerful. So um, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, the other question that I have with your, your Egypt tours, you're selling me, you're, this is fascinating. Uh, so the, the image you have on your website on the left are uh, these energy healing ladies are putting their hand. What are they doing? Reiki on this? That's, that's object? A, no, it's an, it's an altar stone. Many oh. of these temples have ancient altered stone, altar stones, 
Um, you know, some have stones that where they call the reincarnation room. I, that, I think that one that's at uh, Karnak mm-hmm. Temple. And I think this one is Karnak Temple. I don't remember specifically. Um, but a lot of them do have the they're called the Holy of Holy Stones where they did their ceremonies and so forth. And and uh, so, you know, sometimes people have come in and gunked up the energy of these places. So sometimes you try the best to try to, you know, bring in some good energy because, mm-hmm. you know, bad energy attracts to light too and wants to gunk it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these um, Atlantis Egyptian tours that, that you do, um, what's this connection what is the Egyptian Atlantis, all these different portal points in these megaliths and pyramids, and also even in nature, because there's a lot of grid points all over the place. Uh, what, what is the connection to 5D ascension process? And ascension well, is just raising your frequency and your consciousness up at higher yeah. dimensions. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, the connection? It, you know, it's, it's my understanding that, you know, when the universe was created, it was created one dimension within the other, all one connection. Then, then the next, it was encompassed in each of them, 12 different dimensions. And then there's still, it's still growing. And, uh, you know, it's to return, you know, work your way through those dimensions. I mean, obviously the first dimension is, you know, rocks, minerals, things like that. And second one was, um, you know, more plant life and animal life. And, and really, you know, humans didn't come into the third dimension into material form. So we're moving in and right now is, is, as they say, a critical time, not without going into the whole dimension of ascension, but the ancient Egyptians learned it from the Atlanteans. So there's a pre-dynastic civilizations mm-hmm. that we don't talk about because most of that inf- information has been lost. But all the Atla- what the Atlanteans were doing, they seeded all that, that information because many of their outputs they knew that sooner or later, because we know that from science tells us that there's been at least 83 different pole reversals on this planet over millennium, many mm-hmm. millenniums. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when lands go down, information gets lost, history gets lost, and new lands rise in different places. But the Atlanteans kind of were key clued into this. And so what they did is they they did colonizations. Oof. You know, outposts ah. in different places. Anta- Antarctica was an outpost at one time. It was very fertile and lush. And now scientists are finding that underneath the cap, yeah, there's indication that there's a lot of carbon dioxide, that it was a lot of green. It was really good. Carbon dioxide is not a bad thing. You know, it helps plant growth and everything else. And they seeded their information there so it wouldn't be lost. Even the Great Pyramid, which had casing, limestone casing on it mm-hmm. that is now gone. Um, as early as the early 1800s, there was still information and scrolled on that limestone all over the pyramid that would have filled many, many, many books. And that's all been that was yanked off, made in other, used in you know building materials for other things. So we lost all of that information too. So you know it's just a, that's why you know it's sort of like uh, you got to take everything with a grain of salt with history because we just yeah. don't, we no longer have access to the truth. Well, let me ask. Let me ask you this: Since you you've been in there and you've seen um, King Tut's um, casket, the the gold uh, casket, um, the iconic image of King Tut, the gold. Um, I'm losing my words here. The gold figure. The does it have one snake or cobra on on the on the head, or what do you remember? 
Well, uh, usually that there's a, a snake, uh, you know, um, there meaning that he's been initiated, you know, okay. into some of the higher realms. Now there was a there was snake cults in Egypt as well, and you know, as everything, some were good and some were not so good. You know, mm-hmm. I guess those, yeah. some things never change. And ah. you know, some used it maybe satanically and some not, you know, the rising Kundalini energy and enlightenment. Usually that was a sign that they had been initiated, you know, okay. into the more esoteric arts. Okay. And, you know, so you Tut remember one snake. Was a nobody. Tut was a nobody. Just because they, they found his tomb, he became a somebody, but he was really a nobody. Okay. So King Tut. So, um, so the image of King Tut's head you remember and you saw when you went there, it had one cobra on the, the forehead. Well, that's not unusual, though. That is not unusual. But there was one co- <laughs> one cobra, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and so, if you look even, in, <coughs> excuse me, in uh, uh, inside the tomb, uh, you can go in and his, his mummy is actually in uh, a glass case. You're not supposed to take pictures, but you know, I snuck one. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And um, if you look close, there's an indentation where his head is uh, trying to cover up the fact that he did have somewhat of an elongated skull. And, you know, he was the son of uh, Akhenaten. Well, there's, there's mm-hmm. some, there's some say that he may have been his younger uh, brother. So there's some discrepancies there, you know, on some things. And, uh, you know, Akhenaten, you know, they called him the heretic king, you know, he, he, he definitely did not look from this earth. He had a very dysmorphic shaped body. He had an elongated skull. So did, uh, uh, Queen Nefertiti. And so we know Mm. that, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I have access to certain people and they, they even said, you know, that uh, they found at Dashur, which is not far from Cairo, uh, that they they unearthed an alien mummy and uh, it uh, had uh, the markings on it. And I saw the picture of it, it definitely looked like an alien. Mm-hmm. And it said uh, um, devoted counselor, uh, Asarat, devoted mm-hmm. counselor to the pharaoh. And uh, so, yeah, I think that, you know, they had E.T. visitors back then, too. And, you know, things weren't uh, he looked like he could have been maybe a little gray. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. 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 Well, you know, the reason why I asked that, because I was looking at the image, the image of the flyer of the itinerary for your Egyptian tours and um, the. The image of. You have the image of the um, King Tut's tomb here. And if you look really closely, there's two snake heads that come out of the for- the forehead. Um, and I just did a brave uh, internet search to, to see that. So here's an old image, another image. There's one snake head that comes out of the forehead. I just did a, a search on the internet. Third eye. Uh, the, the third eye, uh-huh. And I do a search on, uh, I don't do a search necessarily on Google because there's some information that has um, been scrubbed. So I, I do it on Brave, DuckDuckGo and some other ones just to to measure. So here's another here's another one right here. But remember, these are on the headdresses. On the headdresses. And, yeah, on the headdresses. Okay. It's not like he really has a snake coming out of his Oh, no, I, I know, I know. But the, the point the point is that I'm making, that this is why I asked. 
I grew up remembering very vividly, and I even went to um, some of the traveling tours of King Tut's tomb. In the um, the Godhead sculpture, he had one cobra coming out of his um, forehead on on the the um, the crown. It was only one. It was always one. Now, all of a sudden, it's always been two. Okay. So you see all the, the search engine results. There's two cobras coming out of the, four, the, um, the front. I think one might be just the continuation of them on the back. And remember, they did wear different Here. headdresses. And no, this but is from the this is from the Cairo Museum. This is from uh, the Cairo. This is from the Cairo Museum. Yeah. Um. So, why the is is this a is this a something to do with parallel realities where one person's reality had one cobra coming out of the headdress on the same on the same statue. Like I saw this statue right here on a tour of um, a traveling tour of King Tut's tomb. Um, and they had this exact display here. Whereas in this reality, it's always been two cobras coming out of the headdress. What does your spirit guide say about the discrepancy? And it's always been that way. Um, Cause I was looking at your flyer here of what you saw when you were there. And there's two cobras coming out of the headdress. Yeah, um, I, I, I they're saying don't read as much into it because okay. the headdress component. But sometimes uh, it could represent Upper and Lower Egypt. And combining the two regions together, you know, which they were always trying to unite. It's just like the upper chakra, chakras and the lower chakras uniting them as well. But usually that meant, you know, that they had been initiated into like the priesthood, the higher. I mean, all pharaohs had to go through that process, you know, sooner right. or later. And right. I mean, you know, even even Jesus, the lost years of Jesus say that he went to Egypt and was uh, tutored by the Melchizedek priests. Those were the cosmic priests to the priests. And uh, those those kind of those were the true visionaries. Yeah, now, I mean, not thought... all priests in Egypt were created equal. There was some right. really, really bad ones in there too. Right. I just find it interesting that you have some images of King Tut's tomb and headdress where he had one cobra coming out of his um, pineal gland, and then you have others that have two. So um, that's the big argument. Like, here's one with one. That's a big argument. Is this a, another Mandela effect? Have you heard about that? You know, um, so. you know, I, I really couldn't say he died at a young age. He didn't even really accomplish much, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, I doubt if he was highly advanced in any of the spiritual components, you know, right. um, unlike his father. And uh, um, and he probably had a really hard time, too, because they tried to wipe his father or his older brother, depending on which story you want to go by, mm -hmm. um, you know, off of all the records, because, you know, he wanted to unite one God, Ra, where all the priests wanted, you know, multiple gods, which they had more control over the people with multiple gods, and they can take a lot more money too, and a lot more things, you know. Yeah. So um, not too much has changed over the years. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I I think the uh, Atlantean Egyptian tours that you give are fascinating. And if there's anybody to go through these portal sites and pilgrimage sites with, it's going to be a group of energy healers because you guys have extra access. The yes. consciousness is the key. It's the key. Right. To, and this to time my good friend Karen Glass, who's a uh, uh, a medium uh, psychic who's very good. She's yeah. uh, she's been on my trips before, and and she's wanted to do this one together with me and bringing in um, also the psychic component of it. So this should be interesting. It's always interesting to see who shows up because who's meant to be on the trip will be on the trip. Yeah. Oh, it's it's exciting. Like and. Um, aside from Egypt, do you do? Is there any other ones in the? If somebody misses the Egyptian one, is there any other ones that you're planning to do? No, I've only been drawn to Egypt. People say, okay. "Oh, you know, why don't you do, you do any of the other sacred sites?" I've been to many of the other sacred sites, but you know, they didn't call to me like like Egypt. I, I okay. must have spent many lifetimes. Well, I have spent many lifetimes there. Yeah, e- Egypt. So. Yeah. Egypt is a picture of um in my my background. Yes, okay. <laughs> okay. So um, how can we use our consciousness to teleport our spirit to the version of ourselves that exists in the best timeline within God's multiverse? So, can you yes, give people that, some that, tips? That, that. <laughs> Damn, tips. if I know, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no worries. You do know. That's why I'm asking you the questions. <laughs> um. You know, this is really the age of discernment for people. So it's, mm-hmm. it's it's really learning to tune out everybody else's things, telling you how to live, what to do, what to think, what and so forth like that. And there's a lot of people out there that uh, are false prophets. They're leading you down the path, and and they're uh, and they're they're moving you away from listening to that small voice within, because all of the answers are within you. And many of you already know that, but some, you know, still think that, oh, I can't trust my answers. Some, I need somebody else to tell me what's true. So, you know, that's why so many people are kind of being misled right now during this time. And, and you know, it's unfortunate, but everybody is in a different, uh, you know, uh, part of their path or d- different stage of their development. And, you know, we all were there at one time or another, or maybe we still are. And, um so, uh, you know, sometimes you wonder, did, did I jump a timeline here? I mean, I went to a place once and that always had chai tea and I loved it there, the chai tea. And, and then I went there once and I said, uh, give me the hot chai tea. And they said, we don't have any. So you're out. He said, we've never carried chai tea. That was your and experience. My, that was your experience. We were there and we looked at each other yep. like, we've had it here before. And we asked the owner, she goes, no, we've never, we've never well, provided it here. And I thought. Oh my God! Did we jump into? <laughs> what did you do different to go into that new parallel reality that you existed yeah, now? Yeah. What, do you remember what you did differently? I always ask every one of my audience members when they talk about a Mandela effect or a yeah. personal experience where they shifted between one version of reality to another. What did? Do you remember if you did anything different or healed something no, or didn't. learned something new? Just, or there was a few things that kind of told me uh, I jumped at reality, and I kept thinking. Well, this one seems like a harder reality, but they said, you know, you bought tickets to be around to see this process. You, you know, you got oh. you bought a lottery ticket to see this. I process. know, but the golden <laughs> ticket, the golden and, ticket has uh, a lot of loops and <laughs> loops and turns. And the Uba Loopa factory is not what it was sold in yeah. the pamphlet. 
you know, we don't have to suffer. I mean, it's only if we think we're suffering. We'll rise beyond it. Someone once said to me, you know, you can't control all that stuff out there. You, you know, all you can control about is how you react to it and and just take that time and realize what's important. Love who you love in your life. You know, get the most joy out of that yeah. and know that maybe the world will kind of fall apart around you because the lunatics from the asylum are now running it. And and just do the best you can. That's a loaded answer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God. I don't know. I always ask myself, uh, I don't know if it's going to I'm 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 there is a higher vision for for why we took the golden ticket here. And not everybody's going to make it to the end of the game, but um yeah, hopefully but, more know, people will. You can't will. destroy the soul, you know. We'll we'll yeah. be back or one way or another or if, you know, it's the uh, so, um, but I know if we don't make this ascension, this is this is very important to us. They said this dimension will eventually collapse in and on itself and die. Yeah. So, uh, so it's really important that we try to kind of get our act together and and you know release what it is we're working on and the negativity and hate and whatever because there's an awful lot of hate out there or judgment you know going on right now, like in steroids, like I've never seen before. Yeah. And it's very toxic. So oh, um, a lot of people are triggered. All those triggers tell you, oh, you got to work on that. And oh, we got to work on that. And if you get to the point where um, a trigger doesn't trigger you anymore, then you finally found neutrality. Okay. Yeah, you've yeah. healed. That, that's when you know you've healed whatever it's causing. You can that. remain neutral. You can right. remain neutral. Remain yeah. neutral. The remain middle path. The yeah. middle path is always what um, in Buddhism is advertised as neutrality, the middle path. Always try to come back to the middle path. Always. That's um, I, I try to call it a neutral idling state because when you, you have no expectations of what you can gain from the future or or in the immediate, uh, then magic happens because it's the expectations that sometimes mess you up. And yeah. you know, Top Gun pilot pilots like in the military, you know, um, when you do brainwave training on them, which I have they go into this kind of alpha neutral idling state. And then, oh my God, they're like top guns. So yeah. the brain knows how to facilitate that. new. It's a, it's like waiting at the bus stop, waiting, you know, without any expectations and, until you're engaged. And it's, uh, it's quite, that's kind of what we're learning to, to okay. be in neutral idling state. So I have one last question for you, Dr. Um, Kathy Forti. For the people who are working on raising their frequencies um, to get fifth dimensional uh, consciousness and, and, you know, get transition with Earth to to that dimension and that reality, that parallel reality that is currently existing um, from one, I don't know if you want to call it Mandela effect, reality shift from one experience to another. um, What? And there's going to be a lot of loops and turns, discernment here, discernment yeah. there. You know, it, it's going to be a crazy ride, but we got front row tickets, the golden ticket to the freak show is what I call it. <laughs> but what last message do you have for people to kind of give encouragement as this journey unravels? Well, if nothing else, you know, I say um, your body is your temple. Take care mm-hmm. of it. Uh, treat it well whether it be good food, exercise, whatever, and uh, 
and meditate. Take time out to during the day to just empty all of that, leave it behind and recharge and listen to that that still voice within. You know, the more you do that, oh, and pay attention to your dreams, definitely, because mm. everything you 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 get the heads up beforehand. You know, it's like I was told in 2000, beginning of 2019, you know, I woke up and I heard clears my head, Kathy, it's time to leave California. And I said, well, where am I going? <laughs> and they told me at the time, it wasn't here, it was somewhere else. And, you know, and then California has been through lots of different changes and that wasn't my time to experience those changes. It I mean, wasn't your life people, lesson. Wasn't yeah. my life lesson. I was to go elsewhere during that time, you know, and, uh, and, you know, I was kind of hearing this from other people. They were leaving too, you know, there's yeah. people that stayed behind to hold the light but some of us decided we were needed elsewhere. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, listen to those, whatever messages you're getting in your dream state or meditative state or so forth like that, you know, be your own guru. Don't, don't, you know, let anybody else be your guru, be your own guru. And uh, I do have one, one last shameless plug. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, I just released my, a book, uh, it's a, a fictional book called Stacks Library of Truth that takes that takes in Stargates and Portal. It takes place in the Library of Congress where a, a, a employee discovers a library, a, a portal into a library of holographic library truth where all the answers mm-hmm. are. And my guides gave me the plot for that. And it's a trilogy series. The second book is getting ready to come out in another month, but it, you can get it on Amazon. Stacks Library of Truth. So that's my shameless plug. <laughs> no, not and I'm gonna put that in the show description. And just for for I know a lot of the audience members love learning new modalities and new ways to connect to the crystalline consciousness of source within them. Uh, if the information is true and is coming from the spirit world or from these higher dimensions, um, then you will find some physical evidence of it so even if it comes through in a sci-fi book there is some nuggets and leads that could oh, yeah. lead you to and it very... takes in the alien agenda uh-huh. and everything else and they were telling me things that i did not know and i'm like okay i'll write it into the book and it's like wow okay now i gotta read there the book really kind of change your thoughts because i i thought i knew enough about that and there's certain things i did not know so oh it's all, it's all in the book Oh, well, you know what, Kathy? I could talk to you forever. You're so easy to talk to, and I totally want to talk about the um, the the Buddhist uh, Lemurian Atlantean folklore. Is that the higher consciousness you are, the more connected you are to all the other creations within Source, which means aliens. Mm-hmm. Okay, you you yes. connect to your higher cosmic family. But um, but that is for another episode. So maybe right. after maybe after you do your Egyptian tours, maybe um, we're going to get some fun, fantastic um, conversation topics that come from that. So, Dr. Kathy right. Forty, I love learning about more ways to heal the body of illness and viruses with bioengineered technology that connects to the avatar of the suffering soul to the crystalline consciousness healing of our creator itself so for more information to where to locate a trinity eight or um what's the other one uh, ascension 11 ascension 11 thank you or to find a practitioner in your area just go to 
Kathy Forte's website, which is trinfinity8.com, ascension11.com. And with that, thank you kindly for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Oh, many blessings. Thank you, Vaughn. You're welcome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.